Hey, welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today, Book Nerd is coming out over here to talk about a book that I just read that I feel like everybody needs to read or at least share the info with people that they love and practice the info because it affects everybody, okay? So this book is called Glucose Revolution. Have you heard about it? If you haven't, you need to read it. Also, I recommend following Glucose Goddess on Instagram. I love her Instagram because she has visuals and she shows you the impact on your body as far as the the glucose spikes that happen uh, between different things. Like if you eat a potato with skin on it and you eat one that doesn't have skin on it, like what's the better option for you to eat? What is that causing to happen in your body and why? And like really understanding it. And I'm a nerd like that. It's like, I want to know all this stuff. Why do I want to know this stuff? Because glucose spikes cause a lot of negative things to be happening in your body. I'm talking hormonal issues, uh, brain fog, um, breakouts in your skin, um, aging, uh, diseases, like inflammation in your body, things like diabetes, PCOS, issues getting pregnant, issues sleeping, mood, things happening, all kinds of things can be related to glucose spikes. And there's simple things that you can do to reduce the glucose spikes. And it can help you with, you know, your weight. It can help you stop cravings that you might have. It'll help you get your energy back, feel more energized during the day. Like we need that energy to follow through on our dreams, right? So this is gonna help you so much, knowing this information. So the book itself, if you haven't read it, it goes, it's basically separated into these things, like where she talks about, and it's great on Audible, let me say. Jesse has an amazing voice, and on Audible, I loved it. I was listening to it while I was biking. Um, I love hard copy books, though. I'm going to keep it real. Like, I love, like, just holding it in my hand. I'm like, I'm the same, I'm the same way about, like, a paper pen person. That's me. Journals, all the things. I want to hold them. But the thing is, when it comes to books, I like having the book, and it would be cool to highlight it, but... Um, I, getting me to sit still, like that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Getting me to finish a hardcover book from front to the end, like that's something we got to work on, right? But if it's on Audible and I'm doing something else, I can finish it. And I did. And I'll take notes like a nerd and I'll be like, I can't wait to share this information with my community. And here I am sharing it with you around midnight when I'm recording this, when I need to be sleeping. But here I am because I'm passionate about this and I feel like you need to know this. So the book itself was broken into um, these sections. Like she talks about glucose, like what it is, um, really making you understand its role, why it's important, what she means when she talks about glucose spikes, um, the short-term and the long-term harm that is caused by the glucose spikes, and then 10 hacks, things that you can do, you can easily implement that reduce the spikes while you're still eating food that you love, which is so cool. So I'm going to talk about those hacks today. I'll get a little bit into some of the science stuff, but for the most part, I want you to leave with things that you can start doing right now. So in a nutshell, what happens is glucose spikes in your body is not a good thing, right? Over like continuously spiking your glucose up is going to cause a, a whole bunch of different issues to happen 
This is also related to fructose spikes. And what happens is a lot of foods that have like that are very sugary also contain fructose and the impacts of fructose on your body causes a whole other set of issues. So that that's things related to obesity, heart disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I just found out that my neighbor's um, sister had passed away and someone said it was from liver disease. And I was like, what? Was it alcohol? And they're like, no, but she was pretty big. And I didn't realize that that was probably related to, you know, obesity. And I didn't, I didn't even understand that whole connection. And now I'm like, oh, man, like this, this could help you if you understood this whole concept of reducing those spikes that are happening with some of the foods that we're eating. Um, we talked about the hormones getting out of whack. That's something that really interested me in this concept. Uh, because, ooh, when your hormones get out of whack, it can cause so many issues in your body. You know, the skin, hair falling out, um, you know, issues getting pregnant, um, period issues, like just all kinds of things happening. Tired, brain fog, lo- like all of that. Okay, I know I already mentioned those things. All right, so let me go down to my notes and make sure I share with you guys the the most important things. She breaks down in the book so beautiful and explains it in a way that you can really understand um, the role that obviously glucose plays, um, things, the names for things that you should be looking out for when you go buy something from the store, like sugar disguised by all the different names, um, the content that she gave around reading labels, like I was like, what? I didn't even know any of this. And I felt like I was pretty knowledgeable. Like I am the person that will go, I'll go buy something in the store and I'll flip it over and I'm looking at all the things. But now I know to look for additional things that I wasn't before. For example, one of those things is fiber. Like I want to make sure what I'm eating has higher amounts of fiber. So I, I, when I'm comparing items, I'm like, which ones has more fiber? I wasn't doing that before until I learned the impact that fiber has on reducing the glucose spike. So I've changed. Like the other day, I just went and bought my husband some wraps. I make him breakfast uh, burritos and stuff. And um, I compared two brands. It was like one was like an off brand and one was like another popular brand. And I was like, is there really a difference today? And I looked and there was a significant difference in the amount of fiber that was in them. And I was like, okay, I'll pay a dollar more for those other ones to help reduce that glucose spike on him, right? So maybe he won't have brain fog in the middle of the day. It's very important what you do in the morning. All right, I'm gonna talk more about the morning here and when I give you some hacks that she lists in the book around reducing those glucose spikes. Um, do So the thing, I also wanna talk a little bit more about the fructose because a starchy thing that you will eat will cause a glucose spike, right? Because it's going to convert into glucose, that starch will. But it's very different than what the impact on your body, than what's going to happen if you eat a food that is like a cupcake or a very high sugary food, because those kinds of food contain fructose. And then you will also receive a fructose spike. 
So that combo, the glucose spike and the fructose spike, is not doing your body good. It's causing a lot of inflammation and all other kinds of issues related to inflammation. And you know a lot of issues are related to inflammation. So it does matter where you're getting that glucose spike from, from a starchy food or from a sweet food, you know, that often is unnatural. Okay, so let's go into the hacks. Actually, let me, let me talk a little bit more about the short-term effects of glucose spikes and then we'll go into the hacks. So short-term effects, constant hunger. So many of us feel hungry shortly after we eat. And it has to do with glucose. So if you compare two meals that contain the same number of calories, the one that leads to a smaller glucose spike will keep you feeling full longer. The one that has a smaller glucose spike. So if we go back to the concept of a potato, the one that has the skin on it is going to keep you full longer because the glucose spike is less with that. Because the skin on the potato helps reduce that glucose spike. I'm going to talk a little more about that. Like clothes on your carbs is something that Jesse talks about in the book. So we'll talk about that with the hacks. But that's something to think about. So I have friends that have to eat like constantly. Like or they get really hangry, you know. And it's like sometimes I'll be like, I'm not hungry at all. Like I could go hours without eating. And I believe it's because a lot of the food that I am eating doesn't cause so much of that glucose spike that it's helping me feel full longer. You know, and this is also probably related to some habits I have. But that's something to think about. So if you see people with like constantly hungry or you feel that way, it ha- might have to do with the fact that you're getting those spikes in too much, those glucose spikes. Okay, so constant hunger is a symptom of high insulin levels. So when there's a lot of insulin in your body built up over years of the glucose spikes, your hormones get mixed up and things get out of whack. Um, Leptin, the hormone that tells us we're full, we should stop eating, that signal gets blocked. While uh, ghrelin, which is the hormone that tells us that you're hungry, that takes over. So you really just feel more hungry because of the high insulin that is in your body due to all those constant glucose spikes that you've had over time. And I've noticed people who are constantly hungry, I've also noticed differences in like their energy. They just don't seem to have as much energy. They might have skin stuff happening. Um, I feel like you can see it a lot if you actually start paying attention. So in the book, Jesse said something about how those that tend to have more stable levels of glucose in their body, they don't have those constant spikes or like the up, down, up, down stuff happening. They tend to be able to go a longer period of time without eating and feeling like, oh, I need to eat right now, right? Because they don't have those kinds of cravings. Okay, so cravings, speaking of that. There was a study that was done that was looking at people whose glucose levels were stable and what was happening in their minds when their glucose levels were stable and what was happening when it was decreasing. So two things happened. First, the craving center of the brain lit up when pictures of high calorie foods were shown. Second, the participants rated those foods much higher on the I want to eat it scale. 
than when their glucose levels were stable. So when even, I'm talking when it spikes up or goes down, right? So even when it decreases, when it has those drastic changes, that's what's causing these cravings. So glucose level goes all the way down because it comes after you have a huge spike, then it comes down. And then that's when the cravings kick in. So what was happening is when it decreased the glucose, the mind, you could see the, the craving center in the mind lighting up, right? Wanting the high calorie foods, envisioning it in the mind, right? This is why it's like not a good time to go to the grocery store, you know, when you're like feeling really hungry. It's been a while since you ate. Maybe your glucose levels have really dropped. And then you're in the grocery store. You see all the food that you want to eat. The craving centers are just lighting up, right? So this happens. You have more of those cravings when you have all those spikes happening. So reducing the spikes, keeping more of a stable glucose level, that's going to reduce cravings for you. Your mind actually won't want it as much. It won't send those signals. Okay, chronic fatigue. This is another short-term effect. So when we eat something really sweet, we think that we're helping our body get energized. Sometimes we think that, right? Sometimes we, we grab the granola bar or whatever it is. And we're like, oh, this is for my energy, right? But it's just an impression caused by the dopamine rush in our brain that makes you kind of feel that high. Oh, the energy there is there. So with every spike, we're impairing the long-term ability of our mitochondria. So diets that cause glucose roller coasters actually lead to higher fatigue than those that flatten the glucose curves. Okay, so that's something to consider. Because we're flattening the glucose curves, we're not about like causing like spikes, like not eating anything at all and then being on a very empty stomach and then grabbing a granola bar, that's probably going to cause a big spike for you, right? So what do you do instead to flatten that curve um, or that spike? I'm going to talk about that in the hacks to hold up. I got to go down to the end of the notes. Um, Okay, so long-term effects. Let's talk about that before we get into the hacks. So acne and other skin conditions, right? So don't you wish you would have known this back in the day? I wish I did. That starchy and sugary foods can set off a chain reaction that can show up as acne on your face and your body and even make your skin look visibly redder. This is because many conditions, including eczema and psoriasis, are driven by inflammation which as you learned, is a consequence of the glucose spikes. Just read that. It's a consequence of glucose spikes, the inflammation. So food, what you are eating, does impact your skin. You know, I remember a dermatologist back in the day when I was like in high school telling me like, oh, it's not about what you're eating. Just here's the the pill for you, right? And it's like that actually... It is about what I'm eating because that's causing different spikes in my body, which leads to inflammation, which causes the acne or whatever is happening. So starchy and sugary foods can set off that chain reaction. I remember too, back in the day, I would like watch these YouTube videos of these girls who had just beautiful skin and they always talked about what they were eating and they did not eat lots of sugary foods, starchy foods. They ate so many plants. And if you look at people who eat really healthy, they often have like this glowing skin, right? There's not as much inflammation in their body. 
Okay. Um, another long-term effect is aging and arthritis. So depending on your diet, you may have spiked your glucose and fructose. Don't forget about that, that hidden demon. Tens of thousands more times than your neighbor has by the time that you reach 60. So this is going to influence not just how old you look exactly or externally, but how old you are internally. So the more often we spike, the faster we age. So if you want to look more youthful, you want to reduce arthritis and things like that, then you want to want to reduce those spikes, have more stable glucose levels. Okay, heart disease is another thing that we already talked about as far as um, a long-term effect. Um, we talked about um, infertility, um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, wrinkles, cataracts, depressive episodes, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, gut issues, all of that stuff, long-term effects related to glucose spikes. Okay. So let's talk about how we are going to flatten the glucose curves. And this is, if you want to nerd more out more about really about glucose and its impact in your body and as far and calories and why, why counting calories isn't important and what all of that stuff. You definitely want to read this book because it goes into so much more detail, so many more stories. I love her recipes that she shares um, in the book or just her ideas of what to eat for breakfast and things like that. So anyways, let's just get to the hacks real quick. So eating foods in the right order, that is really important. So what the heck is the right order? Okay, so the right order is this fiber first, protein and fat second. Starches and sugars last. According to the researchers, the effect of the sequencing is comparable to the effects of diabetes medications that are prescribed to lower glucose spikes. So fiber isn't broken down into glucose by your digestive system. Digestive system. So it goes through from sink to pipe to sewage, let's say slowly and unchanged. But that's not all. It has three superpowers. It's going to reduce the action of what's called alpha amylase. I might not be saying that right. This is the enzyme that breaks starch down into glucose molecules. So it's going to reduce that action of like the breakdown into the glucose molecules. It slows down the gastric emptying. Um, so it's, more, it's a slower release, you know, into your body. It creates a vicious mesh in the small intestine, and it makes it harder for the glucose to make it through the bloodstream. So it slows down the breakdown and absorption of any glucose that lands in the sink. So the result is going to be it flattens the glucose curves. So that's what's happening here with fiber. This is why you want to eat fiber first, because it's setting up the perfect environment to reduce the glucose spike, right? So this, so fiber first, protein and fat second, starches and sugaries last. This is how a lot of us already eat um, when we're intentional about it. Let's be real. Like when you think about the meals that a lot of us have been taught, like we've been taught to eat the salad first and then, you know, then we have our main meal with our protein, right? And then our starches and our sugars are last. The dessert is last, right? But let's be real. A lot of us snack 
like and an empty stomach will go grab chips we'll go grab a granola bar we'll eat cereal that kind of stuff is causing dramatic um glucose spikes and that's stuff i do on the regular so just even thinking about okay i want to get fiber in first that's going to help me so much it's it's like i have um in my fridge right now i have um pickled like what is it or I have sauerkraut and I have like pickled types of veggies and stuff like in jars and stuff in there and I could easily just grab a few bites of those and then eat a chip like that would make a significant difference if I actually paid attention to my glucose levels so this is the stuff that Jessie is suggesting in her book is like start with some fiber. Get that in your body first. So fiber, eating a lot of plants, get a few bites of that salad in at least before you go to the protein and the fat. And if you don't have an option for the fiber, then at least start with the the protein and the fat before you go to the starches and the sugar. So this makes me think, I'm like, well, I don't really want to be eating like sugar all on its own now. I'm thinking about like how to set it up in this way. There's even stories where she talks about how people would take like a sandwich and separate the different things and eat like the lettuce part of it first, then eat, you know, the meat and cheese and then eat the the bread of it last. I mean, that I feel like is more like going to the extreme end of paying attention to this stuff, but it's an option, you know, for you. Or you could just be like, oh, I know I'm going to eat the sandwich, but I'm going to eat a bunch of lettuce before or some spinach or some quick veggies and roasted veggies real quick. I'm going to take a, a few bites of those and then I'll eat my sandwich. Like that is going to help you so much, even those little changes. So that's the order that you want to focus on. But think about this. When you go to the store or the restaurant, a lot of times at restaurants, at least here in the U.S., will be given bread. No, we don't want to be eating the bread, right, on its own. Because what's going to serve you more is if you eat that salad first and then you eat your protein, your fat, and then you eat that bread, right? It's going to have way less negative impact in your body. So she has a bunch of stories in the book about people um, just feeling more energized and just their skin clearing up and other conditions and losing weight and all this stuff just from simply switching the order of their food, not even changing the amount that they were eating, just switching the order of it. So that's one thing I want you to consider is can you be more mindful of that? Can you take a few bites of the greens before you you dabble into all the other things? Because that's going to lay that foundation for you to help you not have that glucose spike. Like this is the stuff I've been thinking about. And I'm like, what can I put in my fridge where I can have like quick access to greens? You know, and the other thing I've been doing too, which is I, it's, I know it's not as in its natural form as far as like greens powder, But I'm like, well, at least that's something that helps me move in the right direction. So this is the other thing she talks about in the book is about how when you take it out of its natural form, like a vegetable or fruit or something like that, you're going to be messing with the fiber in it. So when it becomes a mush, right, it's no longer as awesome as it is in its whole form. But, you know, that's going to be better than nothing. So when possible, you want to eat it in its whole form. But you may want to blend it just because you know realistically that's your, that's the way you're going to eat it. That's going to be the reality for me when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So you got to make this stuff work for you. But it's got me thinking about like, okay, Ange, get those greens in. What does that look like? How can we make this easily accessible? That's one change that you can make. I'm like, can I roast some stuff and just like set it in the fridge and I'll just take a few bites before? She also talks about apple cider vinegar. 
Um, and I'm going to, I think that's in the notes. Let's see. Yeah. Let me, let me wait to t go deeper into that with you. Um, but okay. So first thing we talked about eating in the right order, um, adding. So the next hack that I kind of already alluded to was eating, um, a green starter at the beginning of all your meals. So just figuring out what can you do to make it so that you're more likely to do that. Knowing yourself, right? Would you have roasted vegetables in? Would you just have a bunch of spinach? Do you feel like you're just going to blend it all together? If you are, be mindful of fruit because fruit can also have that negative impact in your body, very similar to just a piece of cake. Like some people think like, oh, just because it's fruit, then it's so healthy, but it still has that glucose spike, especially eat, eaten on your own. So one of the things she says, this is the last hack, well, I'm going to go through more hacks, but in her hack number 10 is to put some clothes on your carbs. And what she means by that is like, let's say you're going to eat something that's very carb heavy, put clothes on it. So clothes, what she refers to would be any um, fiber, any protein, any fat, any of the stuff that went into the order, like, you know, in the order that we had already mentioned add that to the carb versus eating the carb alone. So this might look like, let's say you're going to eat a piece of fruit, like an apple. Maybe you would eat some peanut butter with it or some other kind of nut butter, almond butter, right? Or maybe you would, have, yeah, banana, you do the same thing. You'd put some of that fat on it, that fat, because that's the stuff that goes in the order before we get to the, the sweet stuff that we just talked about. You might want to add um, a piece of cheese with some apple, like stuff like that. You think about clothing your carbs. So basically when it came to the potato that I was talking about earlier, the skin potato, the one with the skin on it, that was clothes. It's natural clothes in the carb that helped reduce the spike. So when you clothe your carb, you're going to help reduce the spike. And she gives you more examples in the book. So think about that, adding clothes to the carb. I've been thinking about that adding, you know, I've eaten like a little piece of cheese with something or I've put on like the peanut butter on the banana or whatever it is. And that's going to help. She even has a visual, like her Instagram is awesome, but she had a visual of like the toast. So let's say you are going to eat toast in the morning. Then she opts for savory breakfast options um, instead of like the sugary and if you have to snack on something, go savory. But anyways, so this would be like if you're having toast, you might just have the carb, the bread, right, with um, peanut butter on it versus jam. That would help you out because you're adding a fat to it versus sweet and sweet together, right? Because that toast would convert immediately into the glucose. So instead of putting jam on it, which is also another sugar, if it's in the same order, you're going to add something like, you know, plant or fat or protein with it. So you're not eating it naked. Okay. Or with an, just with additional sugar. Um, so that's something to consider. All right. So let me see what else I have here. So your breakfast, this is really important because it's going to, if you don't pay attention to the stuff at the beginning of the day, then it's going to mess up all the things for the rest of the day when it comes to the spikes and your energy and your hormones. So really getting that in check earlier in the day. Um, there's some talk about coffee as well, like on your empty stomach and how you don't want to do that. So having something in your belly and ideally, what do you want to have? You want to have, um, you know, the greens in there. 
the protein, the fat, having a savory breakfast that is, is high in like the protein, the greens and the protein, like this can be as simple as like go some eggs, put some spinach in it. Maybe you add like some avocado on the side or some other kind of like a little bit of cheese, right? That's going to, and then maybe you're like, well, I do want some toast too. Okay. Then you eat the toast after that, right? And that's going to help you so much. Um, the order of it, as far as reducing the glucose spike. Um, and this might even be better for you at times than skipping because that causes the dramatic dips too. Okay, so you want to pick um, dessert over like a sweet snack. So again, going to the order and then having your thing. What I've been doing a lot of is like I'll have my grains and my protein and my fat and then um, the carb or I might have like yogurt and Jesse talks a lot about this. I personally love Greek yogurt. So I'll have that with um, some nuts or chia seeds. And she always talks about like adding that fat in there with that sweet thing. Um, she mentions reaching for the vinegar before you eat. So this is going to help you a lot if you're going to eat something really sweet. Oh, vinegar helps so much in reducing that spike. Like, so you're just going to mix like a tablespoon of vinegar in water, like a whole cup or more. I like to mix it in like two cups. I want it really delight diluted. And if you're worried about your teeth and stuff, cause it's pretty acidic to, um, have a straw that might help you out with that. Anyways, drinking this before you actually eat a dessert, that will help reduce it so much, the impact of that dessert um, on, on your body. So I've been thinking a lot about it. So the whole point is, is like, it's not like don't ever eat all this sweet food. Don't ever like live your life, you know. Um, but do these other things that are going to help you reduce the negative impact of some of those foods. So like the other day, I really wanted um, some ice cream. I actually made like a banana kind of ice cream today. It was delicious. It was like frozen banana. I put uh, cocoa in there and what else did I put in there? A little bit of peanut butter, a little bit of almond milk. And I just like mix it up to blended it. And it was like the ice cream consistency. It was delicious, but it was still pretty high in sugar with the bananas itself. So I knew there was spiking happening. So what I did was before... I had um, the splash of vinegar in my water and I drink that and then I eat it. And then another hack she has is that you you move immediately after you eat, not immediately, but within, um, she recommends like after 20 minutes or so and you feel like you can move, like go out and like move your body, go for a walk. That's going to help so much because it's going to bring that glucose into your muscles to be used. I hear this as a hack from a lot of other people, like doing squats and stuff like after they ate, and that will reduce the impact of like the weight gain and just like, again, the glucose spike happening. So moving within, I don't remember the exact number. Was it like 90 minutes or something like that? Also, if you are curious about the time frames, then that means you really need to read the book. Um, because she also talks about like, like, let's say you have a salad, then it's like, how long is that going to stay the fiber in my belly for help to create that amazing environment for the things I'm going to eat next? How much of a gap do I have? You know, and she says, I think it's like under two hours, then it'll still cause that environment for you. But anything beyond that, then no, then you need to kind of start with the order again. Um, so all those time frames, 
if you're nosy like that, you want to know exactly, definitely get all those details. Um, let's see here. So that's another habit I've been really practicing. I'm like, as soon as we eat, I'm like, okay, honey, let's go. Let's move. Let's, let's walk around. Cause there's so many people that like you'll eat and then you just sit and you just lounge. And it's like, especially if you just had dessert, one of the worst things that you could do is that is just sit there and let all that glucose spike happen. Move your body. Or if you can with the vinegar thing, if you forget, cause you just want to eat something real sweet and you didn't do your drink with the vinegar in it, you could do your drink with the vinegar after. And that also will still help you. It's better before, but it'll still help you after as well. Um, she says, if you have to, yeah, if you have to snack, you want to go savory. Um, what else is there? That's pretty much all the, the hacks that I have for now. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted you guys to know. So I just wanted you to know like what I've been doing that's been helping me. And the biggest ones is just that order, paying attention to that order that she has, um, that she's given. And uh, like she talks even about like eating coffee at the end of your meal. And you know how in a lot of places, that's how people do it. Like for dessert, they'll be like, oh, and I want a coffee too. And the other dessert thing. So there's research behind that around how that's helpful to you after you ate versus eating it on an empty stomach. And I've heard this a lot from or drinking on an empty stomach. I've heard a lot of things about how that impacts your hormones when you're drinking coffee on an empty stomach. And a lot of us do that. Like that's our first thing in the morning. We'll drink the coffee. We have a complete empty stomach. So one of the things I've been doing is I've been um, having my greens drink first or like I'll have a mixture of a smoothie. And this is the other thing to consider with smoothies. Don't be putting in all of those fruits in there because your body is not designed to have a ton of fruit in one setting. Like some people will be like, like, you know, there's like those Bolt House um, little drinks or something like a little drink that's blended with like, it'll, it'll say like advertising, 16 bananas are in here or whatever, or like 25 strawberries. Like it tells you like how much fruit is in there. Like it's bragging like, oh, look at how much fruit you have in here. And the sugar content is like crazy. The amount of sugar that's in it. Like you might as well just grab a Debbie snack. In fact, in some cases, maybe that packaged dessert snack would be a better option for your health than that fruit smoothie considering the impact of how much sugar is in that smoothie. So you're not designed to eat a bunch of, because you wouldn't normally eat 16 bananas in one setting. But if somebody blended it for you, you probably could, right? But that's not what you're designed to do. So when you're making a smoothie, really think about if you're going to add a fruit that you're also going to add the other stuff like a fat in there. That's something I do with my husband's smoothie every morning. It's got chia seeds in it or like a scoop of some kind of nut butter is in there. And I'd go heavy on the greens and I'll add a little bit of a fruit, like a half of a banana or something like that. Or I'll opt for berries. And you're not, I'm not adding a ton of those in there. But I have friends who I've seen will do things like first thing in the morning, they will do a ton of a fruit smoothie with like the fruits that are like very high in sugar, like mango and like just a ton of that in there. And I like, I love fruit, but like, it's like straight sugar that they're eating and they're like, oh, this is really healthy. There's a story that Jesse talks about in the book, like a young girl doing that, thinking that that was the way to go, like these fruit smoothies every morning. And she was having all this fatigue, all of these skin issues, all the things because she was spiking her glucose levels so high, but thinking that was a healthy option. And the other thing she talks about in the book is like reading labels and um, 
how it's don't pay so much attention to the front of the 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 advertisement of the box you know like the fat free or sugar free and it's got a bunch of other stuff in it that's like other names for sugar in it like that's just to sell to you turn it around and see is sugar in the top five ingredients listed some of some kind of form of sugar there's so many names for it and she tells you the names that you want to be looking out for because if it's in the top five ingredients that means it's probably pretty high in sugar also how much fiber is in it and if you have the option to choose between things that doesn't have as much fiber and something that does choose the one that does she talks about darker breads having more fiber and again you have to ch- double check because i was at the store the other day and I actually found that some of the dark breads didn't have as much fiber as the other option i was looking at um, so I forgot the ratio of fiber, but I thought it was like, f- double check me on this, but what I've been shooting for is it, with every five grams of carbs, one gram of fiber is like a good place to be, if I remember correctly. So what I would do is like, I saw something the other day that said one serving has 20 grams of carbs. So 20 grams of carbs, and I would be like, okay, divided by five is four. So let me see if this thing has four grams. And I would find stuff that would have three grams of, of fiber or of fiber. And I'd be like, oh, this is a kind of pretty good ratio. That's cool. So I'd be like aiming for stuff. And she says, if something's advertising more fiber, that's probably a good thing. Because think about it. Like for me, when I think about my diet, um, like what I eat on a regular basis, that's probably one of the hardest things for me to get in is all that fiber. Because I'm not always like eating a lot of vegetables. I feel like that's something I could do more of. I try to get it in other ways. But um, yeah, definitely could work on that one. So that's the thing. When I was shopping the other day, I just even changed how I was shopping after I learned this information. So yes, we're going to end it with that. I hope that this helps you and it gets you thinking. Highly recommend this book. Follow her at the very least since you know the gist of all this stuff on her Instagram and to see like the visuals that she has. Okay, so real quick, let's go over the hacks so you can kind of remember. Not that you can kind of remember, you are going to remember. First and foremost, eating foods in the right order. Remember what the order is? It's fiber first, greens, all that, protein and fat second, starches and sugar last. Um, adding a green starter to all your meals that's why I'm like excited that I have those um, jars in the fridge where it's got like, you know, pickled uh, beets or whatever is in there. And I can be like, oh, I can just quickly eat that because at least that's some form of a vegetable. Or maybe you want to carry with you. Like I love peppers. I'll carry those like the little baby peppers. I'll carry those. Um, even carrots. She talks about that being an option. Um, and I know those are a little more sugary root vegetables um, can be that way. So anyways, but still, like any any kind of vegetable that you can get, that's still going to be better than what we were doing before, right? Taking a few bites of those. I ate some cucumbers today, like just a few bites before I ended up eating my protein. So what is going to be your green starter? Figure that out. Make it easy for yourself. The other thing is to stop counting calories because calories, all that really means is like, she goes into this in the book, but um, is how quickly something heats like so let's say you put a donut I think this is the example she gives a donut and then something else in water right and you heat both of those things up let's just say an apple and donut right and you heat them up and it's like how quickly does the water heat around it like that has to do with how much calories as far as energy is in that thing 
right? It's based on measuring like what's happening when you, let's say you lit it on fire and how fast it heats around it. So that's interesting to think about. That's all it means. And the other example that she gave too was like, like if you went into a store, bookstore, and you're like, I want a 500 page book. Like they'd be like, what? They would think you're not. It's like, okay, like 500, like what, what, what kind of book do you want? Right? Because each 500 page book is not the same. It's the same thing with calories. Like don't count them in a sense because it doesn't, they're not the same because they don't all have the same impact on your body. Just because it has that caloric, uh, that cal- that amount of calories doesn't mean it has the same impact. Like 500 calories here and 500 calories there can have a complete different impact on your body given the glucose spikes that's happening. So hopefully I explained that. Okay, you kind of get it. Okay, so what else? Summary of the hacks. Um, Savory, choosing savory over sugary snacks. Opting for savory breakfast with the fiber and the protein. And then if you're going to have the the starch or the the toast or any of that kind of stuff, the heavy carb stuff, then having that last. Like if we're going to have a bagel too, like – better option is add stuff to that bagel. Like add a protein to it. Add a fat to it. Add some greens to it. That's going to help around reducing that spike. I love bagels, so we have to talk about that. Um, Let's see. Vinegar. Remember before you eat, the vinegar and water mixture before you eat or after. That's still going to serve you. Moving after you eat. Any kind of movement you can get right after you eat, that's going to help you so much. All right, close on the carbs. Clothe your carbs. Remember that one. All right, hopefully you found this really helpful and you're going to implement some of this stuff. Let me know if you did and if you're implementing it, how you're feeling. I would love to hear. I'll keep you updated on my journey through this all. How the heck did this episode get so long? I'm looking back. All right, I will talk to you soon. Again, leave us a review if you haven't done so. Have the best day. All right, bye.